welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and you are listening to... This is the strongest podcast. That's right, folks. We are a soundboard podcast now, in that I figured out how to use a soundboard, and I've now crossed that Rubicon. We can't go, we can never go back, uh, because this podcast is just now going to be filled with too much... Muscle power! That's right. <laughs> okay. At the risk of making fool of myself, let's get into this week's news. Uh, if you don't know what this is, this is a podcast where we talk about what's been going on in the week of our Street Fighter. We go and run down basically all the the big hits, the biggest hits of the week. Let's say this is the week, the Rick D's top forty of. This is the Jail Monday's top forty of. Uh, our Street Fighter, but it's not top 40, but it is like 25 this week, so I really got to burn through them. Uh, so if you're wondering, today is January 25th, so in this past week, let's check out what's been going on. All right, so number one thing I want to point out this week is Rashi Dog. I like Rashi Dog. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. You should like Rashi Dog as well. He's His pupper level is over 9,000. That's one of two shit posts that I'm going to share with you this week. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoy it, but it's because I'm biased. I love Rashi Dog. How can you not? How can you look deeply into Rashi Dog's scanner and tell him that you don't love him? He's got a little tongue sticking out, too. And a little bat whirlwind backpack. What a cutie pie. All right. Moving on to the real news. Uh, I want to give a congratulations to Punko. He is now sponsored by Atlas Bear. If you're not familiar with Punko, he was a devastating Seth in Street Fighter 4 and now plays kind of a multitude of characters in Street Fighter 5. I don't know if he's really been locked down to one or two, maybe Colleen, maybe Abigail. Um, he's kind of finding his footing now, his ice footing, his vanity step into that Atlas Bear sponsorship. So congratulations to you, sir. Uh, moving on to spon- other sponsorships, I'm Still the Daddy uh, joins Method. Uh, this is a team I've not been familiar with, but uh, they picked up I'm Still the Daddy. And if you don't know who that is, and if you're curious of who that is, going to bring that into the third topic, which is basically a, a Q&A with I'm Still the Daddy and his former life of where he's come from. If you don't know what uh, he's has has been in prison before uh, and street fighter has quote unquote street fighter has saved his life uh a lot of this interview is it's some really good juicy stuff if you care about character stories in fighting game in the fgc um i think character stories are like some of the best kind of sports stories in general and this one in particular uh is good it's good uh leaves your heart in a good place after you read it uh and maybe you know if you think oh this teabagging motherfucker i'm still the daddy he's filled with so much salt how dare he but like his story is very interesting to read and maybe that might explain his character make that make sense to you if you don't understand what's behind the teabag if you don't understand what kind of tea is behind the teabag then maybe you'll never know but anyway highly recommend people read that story if you know maybe you don't like the guy maybe you do like the guy Either way, um, it's one of the, it's a very good character description of I'm Still the Daddy, so please go ahead and read that one. Speaking of character stories, 
Daigo Umehara on Twitter saying these words, and I quote, I don't have a single ounce of criticism for Guile's changes this time around, so my mind has cleared like the sky after a typhoon, but even toying with the idea of playing Ryu seems to make the storm clouds start gathering again to the point that it affects my personal life. So I'm thinking I'd better not use him, even just for fun. I think this is like is this an interesting character breakdown. And I this is one of those things where I actually don't understand why he has so much of a draw towards Ryu. I know there might be a lot of listeners out there thinking, oh, but Daigo is he's basically Ryu, and I'll say yes, he was very much so marketed that way by Mad Cats. Uh, there are statues what show that. However, what I'll say to that is that he has not been a diehard Ryu player forever. He's played a number of characters across multiple Street Fighter games. As look at his history through Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 3, like Third Strike. The the most popular video of Daigo Umahara, the one that has been seen by people in and out of the fighting game community. This has breached pop culture in a lot of ways. Oh, video game culture in a lot of ways. Is him playing Ken, not Ryu. But still, I... Even if you read his book too, he still has this draw towards Ryu some, for some reason. I think a lot of that comes from a lot of people trying to goad him into playing the character that they feel like personifies him as a player. And he tends to play better when he lives past the mythos of that character. He does well with Guile. He's bopped people with Guile, so he should continue playing Guile. No reason to pick a character you don't like or one that doesn't necessarily get the job done uh, so those are just his words this is me reflecting on those words don't assume that I'm putting any kind of words in his mouth things that he's not saying but it looks like in season three he'll be sticking with Kyle who I think is actually going to be a very strong character in season three I think he's fine uh, you got some interesting uh, pickups with V trigger 2 I still think that V trigger 1 is probably the stronger V trigger however uh, when Gal can activate V trigger 2 and land like 400 or so damage with one bar for an anti-air. That's pretty good stuff. I mean, that's pretty effective to punish someone for trying to jump in that you can pretty automatically react to. Oh, now that I think about it, that's better than Zangief's. Because that's kind of the way that I've been using Zangief's V-Trigger 2 of seeing someone jump, pop it, and then Borscht Dynamite him. But that's only... something like... A little upwards of 300 damage. It's not 400 damage. And I got a spin bar. Let's rethink my life now. Anyway, moving on to the next topic, because we got a lot to burn through. Sorry. Okay, something that was a topic of great contention, uh, which I should bring up. Now, if you haven't tracked with this, uh, Street Fighter V with Arcade Edition has cut a lot of the ways for people to make fight money. And what it used to be is that you could gain fight money from doing the survival mode would gain you fight money, doing the like raw fight money. Now, I'm not talking about character experience because you can net character experience and level up the character, which will still net you a thousand fight money per level. Uh, so aside, outside of that, what you could also gain it from was survival mode, uh, doing the trials, watching the demonstrations. Uh, all of that 
doing the character story, all of that would gain you fight money, but they took that away in AE. So a lot of people were under the impression, oh, uh, this is, it kind of makes sense because there's a ton of characters now where if you were to still gain all that fight money and gain access to all those characters, if you have just now bought AE, then you're, you'd probably be well set beyond season, well beyond season five if fight money didn't change, which is, yeah, that's kind of a long time to be set up. So it makes sense for them to cut some of the fight money, but they cut all of it from doing all of this, or most of it from doing all of those things. And then in addition to that, in a sneaky patch, this was not something that was announced prior to the launch of AE, but they cut the rewards for the weekly challenges, the missions, let's say. Uh, so things that used to give you a thousand fight money will now give you 500. Things that give you 500 will now give you 250. This is kind of rough. Uh, so if you were thinking about gaining all that fight money and you're back on that fight money grind, now if you don't know, the fight money grind happens to be one of the higher up complaints about Street Fighter V, which we'll, we'll dig into that later. That's actually the genesis of this podcast. Episode zero is talking about the community complaints about Street Fighter V, and one of them in particular happens to be the fight money grind. It ranked pretty high up on that list. I have to dig through and tell exactly what number it was, which we'll get into later. But doing this seems... Doing this in addition to having a bunch of challenges that require you to buy in fight money. So a lot of people who went in, and if you fought Shinakuma this week, and you maybe you tried him more than one time, I don't know how much fight money you sunk into that. I don't know how much fight money you sunk into the, the beautiful Joe costume, but there are a lot more, let's say, quote unquote, incentives to spend fight money like you're earning it. And honey, you ain't earning it. You ain't earning that fight money anymore. It's not like it used to be. Uh, and this is quite the thread. More than 500 comments in this thread. So this play, it goes places. There's a lot of bad arguments. There's a lot of good arguments. Uh, dig into it though, because there is some capital D discussion. Taking the D to the fight money. Speaking of which, the next topic of discussion, the schedule for the extra battle to gain additional fight money. So this is something on top of the week. If you do these challenges, you got to spend money to make money. Uh, there's the, the mission of like the gold soldiers, let's say. Uh, you spend the 500 to fight money. You get 2,500 and you get three attempts. And this is the schedule for that. Uh, we've actually, ooh, now that I'm looking at the clock, it's one is already up. Now the next one is up, it's 500 and the reward is 10,000 experience. So that's different, that's a different situation of it depends on what level you've gained, you've like brought a character up to. So maybe if you haven't done all the trials for a character, maybe you bought this game brand new, like get that 10,000 early because you'll gain a lot more levels and it'll be worth more fight money. Uh, how's that math work out? Am I doing that math wrong? Is that like an additive property that I'm doing incorrect at this point? 
someone write in about my math on this one, but in my mind, it makes sense to do this on characters you have not leveled up with. However, with that said, here's the rest of the schedule to gain that somewhat additional fight money uh, in the near future, which, yes, they did add this incentive, but also it's kind of a risk, kind of a gamble to, because you're not guaranteed that win. You have to have the ability to beat these gold soldiers in order to gain that fight money. So it's not just things that you do, like the mission motive that you can kind of run through each week, but it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's something. I'm just trying to give you, I'm just trying to, trying to throw you guys a bone here because the fight money is scarce. The fight money market is down right now. You're inflation folks. We're experiencing that with a right now. So hold on to your butts. All right, moving on total change in topic off of AE stuff for now. Let's get into cool stuff that content creators are out and doing. So this is actually a tool uh, that was posted a couple days ago by Nephophobic uh, that automatically creates or at least easily creates uh, combo images. Uh, what am I talking about here? So you know how in Street Fighter V, when you say, show the, just show what the move looks like, and it shows you the quarter circle forward punch in the trials, let's say, or like, here's the jump hard kick, here's the quarter circle, here's the DP, or whatever, it shows you all those motions. This is something that anyone can take, uh, input with pretty simple, simple inputs of just, I don't know exactly how it works, but uh, there are video tutorials showing you exactly how it works. So if you say we're Let's say you run a website or let's say you're the author of a book which teaches people how to play fighting games and you need some kind of notation and you want to have that done quick and easy without doing load images onto each point or copy pasting uh, certain things from different parts of the book to make things as much as fast as possible. Let's say you didn't want to do any of that bullshit. What if there was a tool that just auto generated an image for you? that now you have this cool annotation which shows in image form something that's very easy for people to read. That would be fantastic. And guess what? Uh, it exists now, and that's great. Uh, but it has existed for a while. However, I'll say this was posted to our sub for the first, this is the first time I ever heard of it. So if you are a content creator, if you want, if you are making YouTube videos, if you are making any kind of written tutorials, if you run a website, uh, this is super useful. If you want to post images to your Twitter timeline, I don't care. This is a super easy way to get that information across. And guess what? It's super easy to input your, whatever the combo is, easy to read notation right after that in a snap. It's fantastic. I love, I love tools like this because it just makes things easy. Other things that makes things easy. Traveling is difficult folks. It's hard to get out to FGC offense, but S underscore, <laughs> oh, Shanks fucker. Shanks fucker wrote up this fantastic post uh, about how to plan your travels for FGC events, because you should travel. If you are someone who is listening to this podcast and you have never got out to an FGC event whatsoever, uh, for one, follow the schedules in the either drop-down menu or what have you that's on the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, look up what big majors are, are in your particular area. Look up your locals. 
that stuff matters. That helps you get become a better player in in the short term. Uh, however, big travel it might be tough. It might be hard to schedule a flight. It might be hard to find the proper hotel. Uh, but guess what? Shanks fucker went down and basically listed kind of everything that you would want if you are a beginner of this is not your first time going out you don't kind of know how this works of ways to plan to get out to major fgc events uh basically teaches you how to budget things correct like where to look for flights uh where to look for hotels how to plan your baggage uh how to register for the tournament because listen folks register early i'm talking to you fgc and i'm not talking to beginners i'm talking to veterans who have showed up late to all of these tournaments the, the fgc is like historically extra lazy when it comes to registering registering for tournaments but guess what when you do it early they usually give you a discount they usually do that regardless make sure you know that and make sure you follow that event on twitter probably because that's where they're going to announce things maybe check the facebook page make your plans for your hotel maybe plan on getting some roommates if you have a local fgc and if you don't if you aren't plugged into your local fgc maybe give a search on facebook or through uh, the multiple ways to search that through our street fighter uh and it basically gives you a rundown of everything you can expect uh, when traveling to an event so Big, 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 big thank you to Shinksfucker for posting this very elaborate post on how to travel to FGC events. I think this is a super useful tool for anyone who is looking to get out to FGC events. Uh, and if you happen to be a person that falls into that category, I would highly recommend checking out uh, that post. Next up, I want to give another shout out to Baphael. Uh, if you haven't been following, if you don't already follow Baphael on YouTube, I would highly recommend that. Uh, dude has been putting up capital C content for Street Fighter V. He he has this a lot uh, for a lot of other games as well, but I do believe that uh, Shoryuken has been giving him. I, I don't know if they've been commissioning these videos. I don't claim to know how that uh, that situation works out financially. However, uh, he's been posting a lot of season three update stuff so if you don't know how something works in season three maybe you picked up the game a long time ago it's your first time laying hands on it and you're like well now i got a second v trigger or how did the meta change from season one to season two when where was season what does that even mean uh this will help explain a lot of those and it goes through i think right now he has 16 of the characters complete and i do believe he's going to be working on videos for everyone uh very prolific in the number of videos this dude makes i think that's all he does i like dude's a machine uh so if your character is not present uh wait for it or just like tweet at him let the guy know i mean he's pretty responsive to uh, to any kind of contact he's just a nice guy in general so uh, check that out if you happen to fall into that category of people who don't know what's changed from season one to season three, or even if you're curious about what characters are capable of, check it out. Okay, speaking of if you're new to the game or you find yourself in a lower rank, this is a fantastic guide written up by Saberwolf. That name always feels weird to say, coming out the mouth, I will say. Saberwolf. Not sure if I like the, the cadence of it. Regardless, he's written up a fantastic post here. Of well, first and foremost, if you don't know who he is, he is a geef main who has collected a ton of videos, not just of his own videos, but 
of basically all the other Zangiefs that are out there posting content. Um, he helps run the Zangief Discord. Uh, very good at collecting all of that good, good information. So if you are interested in the Muscle Power, then maybe you want to check out what Saberwolf has to say. Uh, and check out his write-ups, check out this tutorial, it's good stuff. The videos in particular that he has posted will help you get from silver to gold. Let's say you're stuck in that rut. Maybe if you're in Rookie, there's a lot of things that you could be doing to get to that next level. Even though Zangief might have been dropped down a couple levels in the tier list, do not let that, do not let that affect you. He's still a scary character, up close. Up close and personal. And speaking of big bodies, there was a fantastic write-up uh, on Red Bull Sports about big body characters. It's kind of been a lot of a topic of discussion on FGC Twitter. A lot of people giving uh, a lot of call-outs to maybe some quote-unquote bullshit Abigail play. Uh, and this breaks down a lot of uh, a lot of different those different situations. You know, the how grapplers think about their own character, how grapplers view what other people think about grapplers. It's a very interesting read, and it brings up one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, which is Snake Eyes versus Infiltration, where Snake Eyes, uh, this was back in Street Fighter 4, Snake Eyes chose Zangief, uh, Infiltration went with Hugo. Uh, so, t I love that matchup in particular, so it's just something about uh, two big bodies, in Street Fighter 4 in particular, and in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I don't know how many other people share this opinion, but it was in my opinion that Zangief was the best grappler in Street Fighter 4, but he lost to all the other grapplers. If you were to look at a matchup chart, in my opinion, Geef lost to every other grappler, which was interesting to me, and Hugo in particular, Hugo Geef, so much fun, because no one really dictates where the neutrals played, because Hugo outpokes you, but you have a slightly faster walk speed. I don't know, it was so much fun. Regardless, this is a great article uh, written off from uh, Red Bull Esports. I highly recommend checking that out if you either like or hate big body characters because perhaps this will you know, shed some light on the trials and tribulations of big body. Maybe you think Abigail's V-Trigger 2 is broken. Well, guess what? Next post, someone posted a video on how to beat Abigail's V-Trigger 2. It's, in my opinion, uh, Abigail's V-Trigger 2 is not as good as his V-Trigger 1, but it happens to be one of those scrub killer moves where you just, you pop it, and you basically let it rip, and you'll either break their guard or blow them up trying to jump forward or jump backwards, what have you. This shows a lot of different ways for a lot of different characters to escape that raw V trigger two in the neutral. Uh, it is beatable. Put in the work, try and figure out how to beat these big body characters because this kind of tech is, you know, these are the things that help you become a much better player. I don't know why you would see something and say, ah, that's broken. I hate this. You should say, I hate this, but then do some lab work and learn. That's like the extra trick, right? Is say that now, maybe that's like the secret tech. Maybe that's the secret FGC Twitter tech where you say that you hate something, uh, but then secretly have been labbing it the whole time to blow it up so that someone thinks they can exploit you for it. But regardless, uh, if you were having trouble, 
blowing up Abigail's V-Trigger tube, this is the video to watch. And now, some cool stuff uh, from the desk of desk. Uh, Mika stuff. Uh, desk has been pretty prolific right now. There's also a Zangief and Ken video where they kind of go back and forth with combos. I'm not a huge fan of Zangief's. Zangief's so straightforward in this game. His combos, for what it's worth, not... They're hard to make fancy in Street Fighter V. Uh, but Mika, Mika combos, though, very exciting in my opinion, which we can dig into a little bit later when we give some congratulations later on the podcast. Uh, but the mix-ups and combos shown in Desk's new video with Armika are fantastic. I love it. It's good stuff. I miss Desk putting out some good content. Uh, and also, as always, the music is fantastic. And speaking of combo videos and tutorials, I've been saying this for a while, but I think Ed is super strong. Not maybe not S tier, but I think he's pretty high tier now. Like mid, high mid, if not high mid tier, then like low high tier. Uh, because a lot of the issues that he had in season two have mostly been taken care of in season three. Plus, he got a dope V trigger too. Uh, so if you're wondering about how to play him, uh, here is a list of good videos to watch and there's an entire reference guide which is huge it shows setups it shows combos it's interesting stuff maybe ed's giving you some trouble check out this information it will help you break down that character and figure out where to pick them apart what to exploit uh, regardless if you have any 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 interest in ed highly recommend checking out this post Okay, other characters. Getting into the tech stuff. To tech talk now. This is the tech talk time. Triple T is coming at you. Cami, uh, V Trigger 2. What's it about? What can it do? This is a great video provided by Digital Halftones. Uh, so give that man some likes and subscribes. Uh, putting in the work to show you what Cami's V-Trigger 2 is capable of. Uh, a big list of basically everything and then showing you in effect what she can do so if it confuses you at all maybe you know what's this command dash all about check it out it's useful information moving on another person you should follow and maybe hit up is Ruflemonger Rufflemonger I always want to say Rufflemonger but there's two O's there so you got to give it the Rue uh, regardless definitely give that guy some subscriptions and some thumbs up because this dude's been putting in the Chun Li tech. I actually think Chun Li's pretty, pretty good this season. Uh, they didn't fix, let's say, everything, but they did give her a lot more tools with her V Trigger two, and solved a couple of the issues that she had uh, with pressure and normals in season two. So she's much stronger in season three. I like her. She's not super top tier. You still got to think with her, and V Trigger two is pretty good. Uh, and this video breaks down a lot of what she can do in terms of combos, because she, she can deal some damage now. Uh, but then the other video that he shared to the sub, uh, or maybe someone else shared, I actually didn't look at who posted this direct, is Oki. So you got the damage on the one hand, Oki on the other. That's kind of what you want. You want to get your damage, you want to get your setups. That's basically how you learn how to deal pressure with your character. Maybe give up one for the other. That's the, that's the scale you got to work with. Uh, and this gives 
kind of a ton of options uh, off of, I mean, it's like a three minute long video of Oki setups, which is kind of all you want for it. Actually, let me take a peer down, show more. Does he give? Okay, so it doesn't timestamp off of knockdown. So that is one slight flaw. Uh, however, uh, still a grip of information about the character. So things have changed. Uh, if, even if you play Chun or are playing against Chun, these are things to expect if she knocks you down. It's good information to know on either side of the table. Other information you might not know, which I actually somewhat disagree with. When this was posted to the sub, it was under the guise of Ibuki's not dead. She's still got mix-ups. To which I say, okay, yes, she does have mix-ups and resets, but they're nowhere near as effective as they were in season two. In my opinion, this is more of direct evidence of her not having the tools to deal huge damage, huge reset potential. Because you look at these resets and for like one major reset, she might do half a bar of life and that's all of her resources at that point. She's not killing with that. I mean, she might need one or two extra mix-ups on top of that, but that's more mix-ups than other high-tier characters have. So she is definitely dropped in the tier list. Definitely not as autopilot as she used to be, so you gotta think a lot more in the neutral. I really wish that what this video had done was show how to beat certain moves in the neutral, which would then lead into a lot of these setups. That, to me, is more interesting. And I think that's how a lot of Ibukis should play the character uh, come Season 3. So if you look at that mix-up that she, does, she just did, if you're watching the video component, it didn't even deal half a half a grip of life on Ryu. And she spent almost all, her, all of her V-Trigger and half of her Kunai. And at that point, if you're not even dealing half of someone's life bar for that kind of resources, then... I mean, that's spending a lot to not get a little. Your return on kunai investment is not that large. Regardless, if you are sticking with the character, she's still viable. She's not, she is not dead, but she is a, a shadow of the character, what she used to have been. Uh, still has some good mix-ups. Still has very good crossover potential. I kind of like her feature too, in terms of like, you're going to, you have to eat the mix-up now. It's coming if you get that hit. Bomb's a little bit more ambiguous than that, but regardless, good video to check out if you are trying to defend against or perform those resets. Okay, moving on. Changes in Season 3. How do you guys feel about Urian's V-Trigger 2? Armored Tackles? Well, I'll tell you how Weed feels about it. That's W-Y-D-D, creator of SF5Sim. Uh he discovered through looking at all of these hitboxes that when Yurian performs the V-Trigger 2 he at the end of it he loses his hurtbox so what that means uh, for in, in layman's terms is that Yurian performs his V-Trigger 2 maybe he uses some armor there and then avoids the hitting you or whatever. Let's say you throw a projectile and then recover before the tackle reaches you and you jump over the tackle. 
Well, when you land and come down, even if you hit like your your jump in attack, Urian's hitbox is hurt box is gone. You can't attack him. It may look like you're gonna be able to attack him. You cannot. And that is still in the game. And Evo Japan is tomorrow. Oh, what fun Nemo might have. Uh, Nemo might have. Uh, by the way, I didn't have this written down because it was never posted in the sub, and it's kind of a more personal thing, but congratulations to Nemo for getting the job at Square Enix. That's, you know, good shit, man. I don't know if we're gonna if that means we're going to see more or less of Nemo in 2018, but regardless, just a personal victory, good shit. Uh, but yeah, so this is a problem. This is a big bug. Uh, for Yurian's her boxes in V Trigger 2. He just because he just loses it. You can just do it and then basically be fully invincible after that. So what you need to do to defend against this is figure out ways around that. Figure out ways to just forego all just don't worry about taking out Yurian's armor. Get to him some other way. Either get over top of him to the other side, maybe try and throw him in between I mm, figure out what makes sense for your character. Okay, moving on. Maybe more bugs, maybe more fun stuff. You know how you find bugs? Uh, people who look into hitboxes, hurtboxes, and all that frame data. The owner of the, I guess the person who owner? Poster of? Operator of? If you know the frame data app, Frame Data 5, uh, it's out for iOS and Android. Dude's been putting up, or Dana from Frame Beta 5 has been putting up the patches for Season 3, uh, but they ran a an AMA on our Street Fighter past couple of day, in a couple days ago, uh, and it's there's a lot of good information here, not just about you know how do you read, how do you interpret uh, frame data, what's your process, uh, basically gets into, it kind of gets into you know, what it might take to post an app to iOS, maybe if this is something, again, for content creators, this is a this is an interesting thread to dig into, uh, and also reach out to if you're if he is not he will likely come back and answer any questions is like my guess. He's he's around the sub enough that if you posted one today, even though the AMA is like technically over, he would probably get around to it. So if you do have questions that are not are not answered in this AMA, hit him up here or hit him up on Twitter. Super nice guy. Uh, super informative, very smart person. Uh, dig through this thread. A lot of good information here. Maybe you like. Maybe you don't know how to read frame data. This is a good place to find out. Uh, maybe download Frame Data Five on your phone. It's now available. It's getting updates. It actually has like just got posted a pretty big update. I think Sakura's been added to it, and he's been digging in and getting a lot of things listed. It is somewhat of a different app from. FA Tools, um, or FAT, I keep calling it FA Tools, kind of a holdover from Street Fighter 4. Regardless, uh, that's the other frame data app. A uh, little bit of a different usage, different UI, um, both useful in their own right. Uh, I have both on my phone, I recommend you do the same. Uh, but that has been updated for Season 3, and this is his AMA, so a lot of good information here. Alright, moving on. Uh, Kind of a departure from the tech talk. Uh, if you're cool about Minot and you like infiltration, bodying people with Minot, 
this is the video for you. This is just a half hour long video of infiltration, bodying people with Monot, and it's fantastic. Uh, Monot requires probably the most execution in Street Fighter V to be successful. Uh, probably the most execution heavy character, in my opinion. I think a lot of people share that view as well. Uh, regardless, uh, it's just a good compilation. Uh, if either you play the character or you are looking to try and beat the character, Zangief Manata is so hard. It's such a difficult matchup. It's definitely an uphill battle, that's for goddamn sure. Love it, though. Uh, this is one of the videos to watch. Uh, not Dude's not even uh, Manat main. He just happens to have some good experience. So, a little break in the action there. Now, back to Tech Talk. Something that people have been memeing about is Laura's mix-up ability. Well, guess what, folks? Uh, it's rough. I mean, I've been talking about this since I saw it. Since I even saw the patch notes that she could cancel out of Thunderclap into her V-Skill. I was like, that's fucked up. That's going to be real bad. Guess what? Turns out, it's really bad. Uh, it's been memed upon a number of times. However, my defense in that is learn the mix-up to defend against the mix-up. And... This video was posted by Scan, or otherwise, aka, subscribe to this channel, uh, Good Luck Have Fun TV, GLHF TV, on YouTube. And Scan basically goes in and breaks down how the, the base level mix-up works in V-Trigger 1. It's very difficult, but there's a little trick. I actually didn't know this before watching this video, but it's the height of which you fall down and she gets that air reset to where she's either going to be able to cross under you because it's not through you. She doesn't cross through you. She, she crosses underneath of you. And it's keeping an eye on where that height is versus what normal she presses. And then knowing, oh, she's going to end up in front of me so I can block one way versus having to block the other way. Uh, very informative. Recommend checking it out if Laura's been giving you trouble. If you have tears at night, sop them up. Wipe them up. Got toughen up. Can't let the Matsuda sway bop you. Speaking of which, this is a video. The next topic is a video showing you how the Matsuda sway may bop you. Uh, I don't. I don't know how this has been shaken out so far uh, of Laura's V Trigger Two. I haven't played enough Laura's in Season Three to know whether or not this is the preferable uh, V Trigger in any match. But her V Trigger Two, if you don't know gives her the sway, which is a strike projectile invincible move momentary that she can cancel out of into certain moves. Uh, and what this video basically does is give you a rundown of how she can use that. So maybe not a good way to defend against it because mostly the use case for it is offensive reads. So with that in mind, uh, Maybe be aware that if she comes in with V-Trigger 2 and maybe you want to wake up with buttons, she kind of has an answer to it, a way to kind of blow you up. Um, a little bit different use than her V-Trigger 1. I don't, again, I don't know how it's going to shake out, whether Laura's are going to favor V-Trigger 1. I think she kind of might, but it depends on the matchup. So, Regardless, useful information uh, on either end of it, especially if you play Laura or um, are trying to defend against that beast of a character. You know, he's making a comeback, though. On to our next topic is Nash. His V-Trigger 2? 
a huge improvement over V Trigger 1, in my opinion. It gives him some anime as... He, if you thought Nash was anime as fuck, guess what? It's DBZ time. Uh, dude is teleporting every which side. And what this video shows is effectively good combo sequences, which lead to resets, uh, which can lead to stuns or kills. Uh, and they're practical stuff. It's not like get your raw jump in into two crush counter setups. It's like one mix up off of a hit that you're likely to land into a throw into death for the other character. Uh, so this is actually a pretty practical use case for V Trigger 2 of how to A, convert off of certain hits, and then B, lead into pretty big damage, uh, which can lead to death for your opponent. Uh, so this is... I'm not saying go full automatic. I'm not saying go full autopilot. Uh, but if you use Nash, Nash and are wanting to know how to fully best utilize V Trigger 2, this is a very good place to start. This video is posted by Pyrodex, so give that man a follow, give that man some likes. Alright, moving on to the next topic of discussion is. I, I, I wanted to post this just as the, the Google Lock, but regardless, there's a ton of good information in this thread in general. Uh, but this is a, this was posted as a Jerry V Trigger 2 discussion, which that in itself is useful. Uh, I think the use case for V Trigger 2 might be more useful than V Trigger 1. Um, the, the Feng Shui engine, if you don't know what her V Trigger 2 is, uh, she basically has a, a strike, which has a vacuum effect, uh, which she can apply pressure off of that, uh, but while V Trigger 2 is active, she's also stealing meter if you are either on the ground or close to the ground. It's not, it's one of those things where you're not, like, even if you are somewhat airborne close to the ground, it still has that uh, meter drain. So she can continue a combo on the ground and be draining meter from you the whole time. Uh, and this one part of this post is a discussion on that V Trigger and its use cases. But the other thing, which is extra, extra, extra useful for this, if you have any interest in playing Jury in Street Fighter V at all, if you have any interest in playing this character, uh, this Google Doc has ev pretty much everything you, you need. I don't want to give it the full blanket statement of saying everything, but this is a very good place to start. Uh, it gives you her, nor her best normals, it gives you her anti-airs, it gives you her best Oki options, it gives you good combo options off of hits, uh, most of the things that you are looking for when you're trying to learn a character, it's already there. It's in the Google Doc. It's shared to everybody. Uh, so for that reason alone, uh, I think this thread is useful. But then in addition to that, they talk about, uh, there's a good conversation here about the difference between V-Triggers and maybe what matchups you can use it in and how V-Trigger 2 can be useful. Uh, it's good information. I recommend checking it out. The next bit of tech talk is Akuma's V-Trigger 2. Uh, this is a very good thread posted to our Street Fighter, and this video is posted by The Laboratory. Uh, gotta give them a shout out. They also have kind of a presence on Twitter if you're looking for uh, cool lab information. But uh, what this video is is a breakdown of Akuma's V Trigger 2 uh, with practical combos. Uh, it gives you setups and combos to do, uh, maybe some max damage, maybe some you know, where you would get your best Oki. Uh, and it's four minutes of that. Four minutes of Akuma combos. Uh, a lot of it is all listed out and good stuff. Highly recommend checking out that video if you are an Akuma main or 
Want to know when Akuma can follow up with pressure? All right, a little bit of a departure. Let's go on to USF4 talk. That's right, folks. USF4 Revival is back with a European Tournament 2 announcement post. Uh, if you don't know, in the first season, they ran tournaments in the EU and North America with $100 prize pots. Uh, guess what? It's all free to enter. So this is fully community-based. If you care at all about the game, or maybe you're maybe you're curious about Street Fighter 4, Maybe you got it because it was like six bucks on Steam. Maybe you're just trying to check it out. Guess what? We got tournaments for you. P the community is still invested in that game. Uh, and it's still a fun game to watch. I still love Street Fighter 4. It is a great game. There's a lot of great Street Fighter games out there. We talked a lot about uh, Co-op Cup the other week. Uh, it, that shit was hype AF. Uh, but Street Fighter 4, still just as good. And this wine ages very well. Um, however, uh, USF4 Revival is running a European tournament. This one is announced. I imagine they'll run a North American tournament as well, uh, which again will be free to enter with $100 prize bonus, but the information is not yet available for that, but look forward to it. Join that Discord, check it out, plug in. Uh, what I will say, uh, kind of additionally on top of, of this post in general with USF4, if you want to learn... Ultra Street Fighter 4. Uh, RSF4, the wiki for that is still open and available. There's still a ton of good information in that wiki. Um, a lot of the writing that I did before Geese Gym was actually f like for super higher level Street Fighter 4 stuff, specifically character information, specifically how to beat certain characters, where they want to stand in the neutral, kind of okie options they have. Long posts with video references. There's a ton of guides for Street Fighter 4 in the RSF4 wiki. So just RSF4 is the subreddit. And then in the wiki, the character discussions, there's a ton of information there in addition to um, just all the general information that's provided for USF4 as well. Also, I mentioned earlier, Bathile, tons of video for USF4 um, and SF4 throughout the years, um, which is just there is a wealth of information out there if you are trying to learn that game uh, in this year of our Lord 2018 uh, you're a little bit late to the game but welcome there are still ways to learn and have fun with this game and guess what there's still tournaments check out USF4 Revival it's good shit okay moving on speaking of tournaments E-League this is actually interesting to me uh, for one particular reason and it's programming so E-League and Twitch signed a multi-year exclusivity deal. Uh, so what it was before, if you're not familiar with E-League, it was an invitational tournament which ran uh, a little bit last year. Uh, I was, I almost posted that as our FGC history, but I didn't specifically because of the video archives for it are basically only stored in the ways that it originally aired this was a problem because the airing for it was there were like commercial breaks worked into it so it was like here's a little bit of a little bit of match they would run one match at a time one best of uh, one first to five and then like 10 minutes of wait time with not like no action at all in between sets so my hope is that this that this partnership and deal with E-League and Twitch 
leads to more action with more consistency like most people are more used to when it comes to uh, big FGC events on Twitch. Uh, it's just the viewing patterns are different. It's kind of thing about it. It's not like fighting games are not like football, American football. You don't just watch a play and then go, ah, I'm going to grab a beer. It's you watch a set which lasts two minutes and you still you want more you want more of that action you want to see that constant stream of matches coming at you you want the this is kind of a separate talk but you want the you want the red zone version but for a single event you want to see those matches coming left and right you want to see the most action you can get with as little commercial breaks as possible and i think my hope is that this e-league and twitch deal leads to their shows and their events with more matches, more action, more fun. Um, so that's the hope. That's the dream. I just wanted to bring that up because a little bit of game news coming out. It's a little bit of game news uh, for Street Fighter this week. In other news, kind of getting into tournament talk, want to give a, a big ups to Traveling Controller. If you don't know what Traveling Controller is, it is a company run by Lucky D uh, in the New England region and they posted this incredible highlight from their tournament oh boy if you're watching the video of this this Akuma dashes up on a Yurian Yurian wake up critical art teleport back activate the raging demon right into it for the kill it's oh mm, mm, finger licking good so good uh, so big ups to Lucky D for a running traveling controller and then See, running a great event. Looks great. Um, so also, if you are in that region, support that man. Support uh, everything that, that they stand for. I'm, I stand by Lucky D and his, all of his efforts in the FGC. Other tournament talk this past weekend. Frosty Faustings. I think the one thing... Okay, so here's actually the trick. Is that the thing that most people took away from Frosty Faustings was... Punk looking salty after getting bopped by the cool kids Abigail. And there's that meme of, of Punk walking off with his head, shaking his head, and being salty on Twitter. And that's what the FGC grouped onto. And we said, oh, that's the moment. But I've already revealed earlier in this post that like you can you can deal with Abigail. It's it is possible to deal with it. A lot of Abigails beat a lot of Chun Li's this week, but that's besides the point. What I actually want to point out, instead of that, is huge congratulations to Mojo for taking Frosty Faustings. Uh, if you watch that win, uh, dude had a pretty dominant performance uh, throughout that weekend. Uh, and his Armika was very scary and showed off a lot of the really cool mix-ups that she is now capable of with V-Trigger 2. Said the other week that her V-Trigger 2 is looking very strong. And Mojo showed that, yes, indeed, her V-Trigger 2 is very strong. A lot of the things you would see from him just to get in, it, it was all, it, to me, it almost appeared like a Marvel vs. Capcom infinite mix-up of you do the super, do that tag, and then do a mix-up on your opponent, and they just have to hold it. That's basically what Mika's V-Trigger 2 is. You call that chair... Nadeshko comes out, swings that chair, and then there's a pause. There's 
there's some frames in between that first hit and then the second hit of Nadeshko's chair. So, and in between that part, Mika can advance on you and maybe she's gonna throw you. Maybe you try and hit her, but guess what? If you hit Mika, there's a chair coming at your face. Nadeshko doesn't stop, she doesn't disappear. You can't hit her away. You can't get a happy birthday on Nadeshko. You're gonna eat some steel and you're gonna get, you're gonna wear the crimson mask the hard way. Trust me folks, it's not a good deal. Bopped with the chair. That happened a lot in Frosty Faustings uh, with Mojo's Mika. Uh, this is something I think that you gotta look out for, at least in the super helps her out in matchups where she has difficulty in the neutral. Uh, and it's it definitely, definitely, like capital D definitely, double D definitely helps her out with her mix-up potential. Uh, we've already seen that. We saw that from videos posted from last week. But I didn't realize the neutral component of this in that Mojo was able to really abuse that and immediately put his opponent into a guessing situation where a lot of them chose, oh, I'll just hit a button here, and then got bopped and got punished for it. Uh, and then she gets another activation for another mix-up. It's fantastic. Uh, so really well played and good good play from Mojo. Also want to give Squall his props for getting second and the cool kid for getting third place. Uh, moving on to Genesis 5. Uh, LPN took it with Abigail over Ricky Ortiz. So Ricky Ortiz is back with Chun-Li and had a pretty good showing with Chun-Li as well. Uh, a lot of people counted her out and were... I mean, we had that discussion when we were talking about Capcom Cup. I get it. But she ain't dead, folks. That chin's looking strong. Getting second place, Genesis. Uh, LPN, again, took with the Abigail win over a chin Lee, something that we saw over on the other side of the country <laughs> at Frosty Faustings uh, that we can all meme on and have fun with. But another comeback that I want to mention is that Julio Fuentes is back. Uh, that's the, the third Ken of the... California Kens. Sorry, I was trying to maybe make a pun in my mind, but not going to go there. Regardless, uh, he's back. He had a, a little bit of an injury, illness in, in at the end of 2017, but he's back and had a really good showing at Genesis 5. Uh, so I want to give a kind of a really big congratulations to him for getting third place. Um, XKS Samurai getting fourth place. Um, uh, but all of that and the brackets are shown in this post by Incross. Huge thank you for Incross for putting all these together. Whenever there are big majors like this, like this is the man to look for. Uh, and other results, which we can talk about on the next episode of the podcast, Evo Japan. Guess what, folks? That's tomorrow. Evo Japan is tomorrow. And, or maybe right now, depending on <laughs> what time it is on Thursday. Regardless, uh, this is the thread. I want to give a huge thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to Fatality93 Russ. Uh, dude put together an extensive post on what to look for at Evo, what your schedules are. He even goes into great... I love this so much because not only is he saying like, here's what this is, here's you know where it is, here's all the information, here's the times, here's how many entrants there are for every event, here are all your side events, and then in addition to that, giving you all the links to the streams for all those events, providing all the schedules, also shout out to Ace King Offsuit for that, and also giving you like the commentary lineup, and it's... 
it's oh man it's lovely and comprehensive and more people should know about this i've been trying to put it on twitter blast and it hasn't really caught much steam i, I have no idea why because it's the one and only good place for information on evo japan if you're an english-speaking person uh, even lists out the Catherine side tournament. If you want to know where the, all you can get the most Catherine action, because they are the FGC is still running strong Catherine tournaments. You bet your goddamn ass they are. If you want to know where to find that that stream, if you want to see some hot capital H hot Catherine action at Evo Japan, this is the thread. This is where you can find it. There's so much. It's if you want to find out where the arms tournament is, this is your place. Um, but it's so extensive, literally anything that you would want to know about how to watch or enjoy EVO Japan, this is the place. Uh, so again, want to give a big thank you to Fatality93Riss. This is incredibly, incredibly useful and a great tool for anyone that's trying to find out what's been going on at EVO Japan. All right. And for our last bit before we head into the next segment, is guess what folks street fighter 5 a is out and that means that we are running another community feedback thread and what this is is we've run this before in the past uh, and now we've reopened it we've said here it is again if you're familiar with episode zero of this podcast series was actually uh, a breakdown of the last community feedback thread the third one that we ran uh and gave a full listing of all of the problems that the R Street Fighter and kind of outside of the R Street Fighter community because we had we pulled in a lot of people from Twitter and other places as well. Uh, just to give all your critiques of this game, and then we voted on all of those things, provided a list to Capcom, and a lot of this we've crossed a lot of things off of this list, which is impressive. I'm I congratulate Capcom on their efforts for Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, but to that. To that point, I will say that to have an open and honest discussion, I want to continue that. I want to continue to provide that useful feedback uh, to Capcom and say, here's our new list. We see what you've done so far. Uh, we accept that. And here's our new critique. Here is This is our new complaint. Uh, and this is a collection of all that information. But it's not just yelling into a Twitter black hole of nothing this for someone to ignore you and tell you that you've been left behind. No, instead, we collect all this information. This is round four. Or I'm sorry, this is round five now. We're going to collect all of this information in this phase. And then maybe, uh, I haven't really, I don't know what the timing of this is going to be. But maybe in one or two months from now, uh, we're going to take all of this collected information and then do another round of voting on it to again reorganize how the community feels about where Street Fighter V is in this current time and place. Uh, and we've heard from Capcom that this is very useful information and I want to provide this again right after AE to say, hey, you made AE, rad. Here is the, yes, we want Sagat, but also please consider these issues which have not been addressed. Uh, and where you want to find that, uh, right on the front, it, it will always link right up on the front page. It's the one, two, three, four, fourth thing in line, right up at the top of the big images. You can see community, uh, the RSF community, Street Fighter V fixed request priority list. It's the, the straight out of Capcom album cover list. I really love that the quasi did that that way. 
that's kind of a fun little side joke. But regardless, uh, that is where you want to click, right in the uh, the fourth one over from the top, uh, in the links that are listed in the heading of our Street Fighter. So if you come to the front page of our Street Fighter, it's the community Street Fighter Five fixed request list. That will bring you to this page. Always, this will always be at the top. In some form, we're going to have a the feedback thread listed at the top. Always, just so. Like, if you have any kind of complaints or issues with the game, just here's the place to do it. Because not because if you just make a post to our, to our Street Fighter just saying, I don't like this thing about this game, it like that's fine. You're, that's a fine opinion. Probably valid, especially if you have, like, some, some good evidence to back it up. Great. That's fantastic. But also, it gets lost in the ether immediately. There were at least... I know I brought up the one about fight money requests earlier about how the fight money grind has gotten even worse with Arcade Edition. But where's it going to go? It's going to be lost to time, and people won't have somewhere to reference from it, or a reference to that information. Uh, instead, it will be represented in this list, which will then be voted on as, is this an actual issue that people super care about? And if so, it will be voted to the top of that list and then presented to say, hey, you guys fucked up in this specific way and here are the metrics to, to prove that yes these people are listening and yes these people who super care about this game and want to like have a stake in the game want street fighter to do well because no one wants to see things just fail unless you're a bad person I like to think people are good people uh here are the exactly how uh, you fucked up and fix it fix it all right that's the big post. That will be continu a continuation for a month, maybe two, maybe even three months, depending on how uh, hot and heavy feedback comes in. Uh, it's only been out for two days so far, so I'm looking forward to as you know, think we peel back the layers of the onion. What is Arcade Edition? We start figuring out all that stuff, then we'll throw together another list which we can all vote on, uh, community at large, and then present another list of these are our priorities. Okay. New segment on the podcast. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I bring up new seg segments all the time. Uh, however, I don't know how prolific this one will be, but I want to bring this up. I think it's going to be a fun thing because it's something that happens on RSF, our Street Fighter, all the time. It's one thing that I love to hate. We all love to hate. Shit post of the week, folks. We're going to do the shit post of the week. And this one, our first winner of the shit post of the week, goes to a very special post by I Am Jack's Last Idea. I like the Fight Club reference. Good attempts. I remember when I was a teenager. Uh, but he made this post of I Am a Birdie Main. And for a solid day, maybe 24, maybe 36 hours ish, uh, the. The sub was hot for I am blank main posts. It was hot for, if you wanted karma, I am blank main, you wrote this meme up like you, you had to push it out the door because the karma was hot one day. And so for that reason, the I am birdie main ship post is the ship post of the week. Congratulations, I am Jack's last idea for being our first winner of the RSF Radio ship post of the week. So I actually want to go through it uh, to have a little fun with this uh, because ship posts aren't fun unless, you know, you make everyone suffer along with you. So what he did was he basically wrote up a post of here's a day in the life of I'm a birdie main. Wake up with the X-Bullhorn. 
kiss my Street Fighter Five. A good morning. Pray to my Mana RD photo I have on my wall. Bullhorn my way to the bathroom. Brush teeth and wash my face. Eat a banana and leave that peel on the floor. Start my PS4 and get ready for some Street Fighter. Ask the Birdie Discord if there's any new Birdie tech. The new tech is EX Dolphin Dive into EX Dolphin Dive. <laughs> That's the one that got me. Start Street Fighter V. Spend two hours in training mode doing EX Bullhead. Uh, time for some ranked. Select my favorite birdie costume. The one that looks like SF Alpha Birdie because I'm not one of those 17ers. First match. It's a Ryu player. A lesser Shoto. Wait until I get my meter then use EX Dolphin. The best move in the game. Of course it lands. A calculated risk. <laughs> That's I like that parenthetical. Make quick work of him. He couldn't handle my V-Trigger 1 EX Bullhead into EX Bullhead. He'll stay a scrubby gold forever, but I'll be diamond soon, where I rightfully belong. That's good enough. <laughs> That's enough rank for one day. Go on, RSF. Cry about Laura and Abigail being brain dead. Start shitstorm of Laura mains and ignore the replies. Check the Birdie Discord. Someone posted they're feeling suicidal about not being able to pull off Gold League with Birdie. If you use EX Bullhead and EX Bullhead, you'll make plat in no time, I tell him. Eat a lot to be more like Birdie. Uh, and then there's call to action for more people to post these bullshit shitpost threads. And for that reason, we all suffered along with it. And thank you for dealing with that four-minute soliloquy of what it means to be a birdie main. <laughs> and congratulations again to I Am Jack's last idea. And hopefully that was your last post on our Street Fighter. So congratulations for being the shit post of the week. And absolutely... No. Muscle power fully open. That's correct. No muscle power for you, sir. Taking that away, I strip you of your muscle power. Which leads us into our last segment, our last and final segment, which is FG, a little bit of FGC history. This is a... It's funny, actually, when I posted this, people just, some people just replied, this is FGC history. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. So we're going to get into it, folks. Uh, Punko versus Daigo. Evo. 2011. Now, before this, uh, this was really the Evo that Punko made the most waves. Uh, this is his his big, I guess, intro into FGC at large. This is the one, if you remember, of the slamming the Red Bull, ripping off the belt, spiking that shit, uh, and bopping Daigo Umehara. Now, I bring this match up uh, for two reasons. One, it is a classic match. Uh, of Punko's classic Seth against Daigo's Yun. He was in a bit of a character crisis in this version of Ar Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. If you remember, he hasn't always been the Ryu main. In this Switch, he was trying to, to main a top tier. He was trying to pick top tier. And it didn't work out for him because Punko goes a straight 2-0 on him. Done bops him. Closes it out with a perfect. It's a classic match. Now, I want to bring up this up for this reason, is that this was a time where Daigo departed from the main that everyone thought he should play. And there was so much pressure on, like, I think even the commentators say it at some point, maybe not during this match, but it was definitely said on mic at EVO 2011 that, oh, Daigo picking Yun, he's picking a different character. Some of these, some, he's never played, like, before this season. It's like, 
if you think about the kind of pressure that, that might put on you if if you are so identified as one character but you personally find more success with another I mean he made top 8 at EVO with a character that people said oh that's not his quote unquote true man he's not playing his true self I remember I mean this was even back before FTC Twitter was as toxic as it, as it is today but still even on like SRK forums and even on our True Fighter 4 we're just going off on Daigo being like he's not staying true to himself but my man made top 8 in even 2011 with a good character but a different character so like he didn't have a ton of time but into the character like he had for Ryu throughout you know the rest of the of that game's life up until that point um so maybe I bring this up as a, a kind of foil to to what Daigo's doing today he's sticking with Guile a character that he feels he can he can win more with maybe if he sticks to his guns this time because if you remember right after this season Daigo switched back right to Ryu and ne to never turn back to to Yun ever again it's the last we saw of it it, it died with <laughs> with Punko slamming a Red Bull all over it uh, so I don't know I I, I in my heart of hearts, I hope that Daigo just sticks to what he knows best, uh, what's best for him. If he just thinks Skyle's the good character for him, fine. Uh, he, it's not like he was a Ryu main all of his life. He wasn't born a Ryu main. He just happened to play Ryu very well in a couple versions of Street Fighter across history. So, I, I, I don't know. That's I Regardless, highly recommend watching this set for some explosive wins. And maybe watch some other videos of the crowd's reaction and what happened with, like, Punko at this time. Uh, and maybe watch this entire Evo for <laughs> Punko's act antics. This was, like, the shirts off Evo. This is where that was. Uh, he did a good meme on the on the FGC at that point. Regardless, classic match. Highly recommend watching the whole thing. It has already completed by the time that I, from start to stop, I, when I have started talking about this, it has it's already over. The fight is over. It is done. Uh, and Puko has taken his quick 2-0 over Daigo. So another thing I want to bring up is that Evo, top, you know, top eights were not always best of five. Regardless, that will do it for another edition of RSF Radio. This is our closing, folks. Time to pack it up. Uh, we... Record this podcast every Thursday. We post it every Thursday, which we might actually do a quick feature at some point uh, during next week. Maybe on a Tuesday. For us, it was a Tuesday. Maybe we'll do a couple guest features. Not quite interviews, not quite a full rundown of what's been going on in the sub throughout the week, but somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Let's get some opinions from, from different people on mic. So maybe di a deeper dive into certain topics. So maybe you want to hear more about how Punko bopped Daigo in 2011. Maybe in this feature, we dive into that. Who knows? Haven't quite uh, worked out the, the program for that. But regardless, look forward to that. On the I'm going to keep it on the same feed because it's going to be similar information, but just not the the full breadth of kind of the information that you get in this particular weekly podcast posted on Thursdays. Uh, but that does it for us tonight, folks. Uh, again, I am Joe Monday. You can find me on Twitter at Super Joe Monday, or you can find me on the sub at any time at Joe underscore Monday. Uh, 
and look for this post every Thursday night. If you're watching the YouTube video, all of the links uh, that have been provided in that we have talked about in this podcast have, will be in the description. Or if you're listening to it on any podcast thing that you listen to, uh, it will be in the description of the show. Uh, if you are listening to this show on iTunes, please uh, write a review. That super helps with getting the information out. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, James Chen asking, how did we not know about the, the the save state feature of training mode? How is no one talking about this? And I was like, yeah, we kind of talked about that like a couple weeks ago. Like, we're in there. A lot of, because guess what? A lot of shit gets posted to Art of Street Fighter, but some of it gets buried by, by some fluff. Oh, one last thing before I go, because this is actually future shit uh, that hasn't happened yet. So I can have no reference to this and I won't be able to link this in the description. But I want to give a huge uh, congratulations to the, I'm going to presumptively say, presumptuously say uh, that Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I'm going to say it that way. I'm not going to say Dragon Ball Fighters as Namco Bandai is trying to make people say. I'm going to say it that way because that's how I like saying it. Uh, congratulations to the launch of Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, and I'm going to share the links to the premier Dragon Ball Fighters Z subreddit. I believe in. I think that it's the comp. The most of the the good competition for uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is going to be on our DBFZ. Uh, there's another one, which is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. R Dragon Ball Fighter Z spelled out. The other one is just DBFC, uh, and that's the one I'm going to go to for like competitive videos and stuff. Because if you look at the how they are now, there's a whole lot of fluff and not a lot of ways to filter it on Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And also, what you have to know about that is that Dragon Ball Fighter Z is actually just the overflow of Dragon Ball Fighter talk from our Dragon Ball uh, or our Dragon Ball Z, whatever the the main one is for for. Dragon Ball. Uh, that's why that exists, is that it was basically, we can't have people talk about fighting games in this Dragon Ball subreddit. We need something totally entirely different, so they had Overflow, and that's the one that's associated with that. So as of right now, there's a ton of fan posted, which it's mostly just GIFs and videos of like intros, people saying that they're, I'm getting ready for Dragon Ball. And not a whole lot of videos and tech stuff, but hop on over to uh, DBFZ, it's mostly tech talk and how to learn and play the game. And I think they're going to set up their subreddit that way. Uh, and that's, that's the one that I'm probably going to be in the most, uh, I believe. Uh, most cause I just, uh, I'm not in it for the memes, not in it for the shit posts. I'm saying it for the tech. Uh, but regardless, congratulations to, um, from, to Dragon Ball Fighter Z for the presumptively, uh, presumptuously successful launch of your new game. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, Team Big Body. You know I'm going to get that fat boo. That fat boo all over, mm, all over the place. Y'all know. Regardless, folks, that does that's a podcast. Uh, and I've already done the, the Twitter stuff. Okay, that's it. We will see you guys next week on another edition of RSF Radio. But until next time, folks, always remember... Muscle power fully open! <laughs> Take care, folks. <laughs>